you know, when we spend a lot of time avoiding and resisting, we also don't grow as individuals. Okay, we need to put ourselves in these situations to learn, grow and develop. And I want to normalize the certainty and the uncertainty. And the beautiful thing about doing that is that when you realize that really the worst thing that can happen when you put yourself in an uncertain situation in healthcare or in your career or in your leadership or in your graduate application process is literally just a feeling. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, wonderful humans. I hope you're all well. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm talking about dealing with uncertainty. Now, this is a funny one because this is what we deal with every day, yet it's something that comes up all the time in coaching, where nurses are like, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? And it does stop us in our tracks. So let's dive in and explore dealing with uncertainty. So where I want to start with this is, what I mean by uncertainty is dealing with the things that are outside our control. And as you and I both know, lots of things are outside our control within the nursing profession itself, right? The blood pressure for our patient is outside our control. Whether or not there's going to be a code brown is outside our control or not. Whether or not we're going to have four patients or six patients today is outside our control. So we deal with a lot of uncertainty day to day. But do we actually process it and manage it properly? And what I know to be true from my lived experience, the answer to that is no. So hopefully you can take something away today from me talking about dealing with uncertainty and how you can utilize this information to really help realign yourself with your nursing practice, but also maybe give you some ahas and insights into why maybe you're having so much difficulty around all of the constant change that happens. Now, I don't know about you, but when I worked in healthcare and when I was clinical and on the floor and uh, working as a numb, I used to hear this term like change fatigue. And you might be suffering from change fatigue. I think change fatigue is a very funny thing in healthcare because the reality is, like I said earlier, everything is uncertain. Nothing is sure. We can't be 100% confident that something will definitely work. Even though we're evidence-based and we use our clinical guidelines and national safety for quality healthcare standards, it's still risky. (laughs) A lot of the things that we do day to day, even though they're informed by clinical practice, have a risk associated with them and this uncertainty attached to that. And what I used to laugh about as a numb and an educator was the amount of resistance to change. And you might be one of those people, I was for a long time, I was very resistant to change in the system until one day I realized that everything is changing all the time. And it literally is just an absolute royal headache for me to constantly just keep pushing against the grain and to be like, hey, like we, we can't change this, we can't change that, this is how we've always done it. That never serves anybody. Because here's the thing, if we all just did what we've done before, none of us would be doing very much, okay? Like, we would not be innovating, we'd not be doing something new, we wouldn't be improving patient outcomes. Look how far healthcare has come. And that's the way I look at change. And the way I look at uncertainty is that it's essential for us to experience the uncertainty to be able to get to the next point. We need to get uncomfortable to get comfortable and we need to just keep inviting that discomfort in. Never do we ever want to be just comfortable, stable, stagnant because comfort doesn't grow there. Uh, Sorry, you don't grow there. 
You don't grow in your comfort zone. You grow in the uncertainty. You grow in the discomfort. So what if we were just open to it? What if we were trained to explore the discomfort and the uncertainty and we stopped pushing against it? What a world we would live in, hey? What if we just embraced all the change and kept evolving our mindsets so that we could embody it, embrace it and see that there was scope for growth? The reason why people don't like uncertainty and change is because of fear, right? It's because we're worried that we're going to have to feel something new, ultimately. The reason we either do something or we don't do something is because of the feeling that it's going to generate. The reason you go and buy a new car is because you want to feel like you've got money. You want to feel expensive or whatever that feeling might be for you. The reason you don't go to the gym is because you don't want to feel tired. You don't want to feel fatigued, okay? So there's a lot of fear, resistance, and avoidance to change in healthcare. And I think that fuels a lot of this anxiety around uncertainty in the healthcare sphere. So a couple of things that I wanted to share with you today was obviously recognizing that life is 50-50. What I mean by that is that life is 50-50. So it's 50% good and it's 50% bad. If we live by this analogy, we have 50% certainty and 50% uncertainty, okay? So what are we going to do with the 50% uncertainty? Are we going to avoid it? Are we going to repress it? Are we going to resist it? Are we going to react to it? Or are we just going to accept that it's part of life? I don't know about you, but for a long time as a nurse, I really tried to avoid uncertain circumstances. I was always trying to avoid the relatives that I knew were going to give me the hardest time. I was always trying to avoid that patient that was just unpredictable and uncertain. Like I didn't know how it was going to go for the day. And, you know, when we spend a lot of time avoiding and resisting, we also don't grow as individuals, okay? We need to put ourselves in these situations to learn, grow, and develop. And I want to normalize the certainty and the uncertainty. And the beautiful thing about doing that is that when you realize that really the worst thing that can happen when you put yourself in an uncertain situation in healthcare or in your career or in your leadership or in your graduate application process is literally just a feeling. You're just going to feel something. You're going to feel embarrassed, maybe underprepared. Maybe you'll feel excited. Maybe you'll feel empowered. That is literally the worst thing that will happen when you put yourself in a situation where you are uncertain. Okay. So really, when you think of it in that sense, you, you kind of question yourself, why do we avoid it? Why do we avoid uncertain situations? And it's literally because it's outside our control and we love control. We love comfort. We love safety. So it's a human instinct. So therefore, when you look at the 50-50 and you say, well, if it's part of the human experience to be uncertain 50% of the time and certain 50% of the time, why do I give myself such a hard time when things are uncertain? Like I apply for a job and I don't know what the outcome is. Why do we beat ourselves up? Why do we have all the mind drama for three weeks whilst we're waiting for the outcome? It's totally uncertain. It's out with our control. And that's the first thing that I want to talk to you about is Get really good at identifying, is this within my control or is this without with my control? Okay, the first thing that I want you to do, if you're in a situation that's uncertain, you know, patients had a fall and they've had a hit to the head and you don't know what's going to happen next, that's uncertainty. Or maybe you're applying for your first graduate role and you've done 10 applications and you've sent them all out and you haven't heard anything back yet. That's uncertainty too. So what is within your circle of influence and your circle of concern? A really beautiful way to do this and to map this out. And I used to have this on my whiteboard as a manager. 
as a point of reference is to draw a really big circle on a bit of paper, um, a really large circle on the outside, and then within that circle, draw a smaller circle, okay? And that big outer circle is going to be your circle of concern, okay? That's all the things that are external to you that you can't do anything about, okay? That you can maybe have some concern about, but you can't influence them, okay? And then the smaller circle in the middle is your circle of influence. Now, if you're following me on Instagram, which you all definitely better be (laughs) at High Performance Nursing, you will have seen a graphic um, and I'll put the link in the show notes below. But I'll have a graphic about this and it got a lot of attention when I posted it. I need to reshare it actually. And it really looks at in the nursing world, what are some of the things that are in our circle of concern and what are some of the things that are in the circle of influence? I'd love to know what you think. So a circle of concern, all the things external to you that you really can't do anything about. Delayed discharges, 10 call bells ringing, 14th time you've changed that pad, right? In a three hour window, patient having a fall, patient getting a pressure injury. Not to say that we shouldn't care about that, but it's outside our control. We can do things up to a certain point and then really it's out with our control unless we sit there and literally hold the hand and watch them every minute of the day. Not possible in the current climate, right? The COVID pandemic, outside our circle of concern, staffing issues, really outside of our concern. When you really would let down to what are the facts, staffing is outside. Unless you've got 10 friends that are nurses that can come and work in your ward, why are we spending so much time stressing and worrying about staffing? Like I know it's a problem, it's a huge problem. But you've got to ask yourself, does it serve me to buy into the narrative and to like really hate on the system and to really get angry and feel pissed, for lack of a better word, about the staffing situation when really it's not within your control, okay? What's within your control is going to work and doing the best work that you can do for your APRA registration, regardless of your organization's requirements, doing your job to the best of your requirements to keep your APRA registration to the best of your abilities, in whatever situation you are, that is within your control, okay? So I think that we spend a lot of time in our circle of concern because it's easier to think about all the things we might change or we might do or we might influence that we can't really influence than spending time in the circle of influence where we really have the power, but that actually requires us to take action, okay? Because like 10 call bells running, you're never going to be able to answer those 10 call bells, right? So why even worry about it? Like you've got three wound dressings that are due and both, all of them take two hours each and you're on an eight hour shift. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You've got to delegate it. You've got to pass it on. Even just cognitively think to yourself, is this in my circle of influence? Is this in my circle of concern? In a moment of stress, that used to be my go-to and it was very freeing, right? So I free yourself of that burden. So that's your circle of concern. And there's so many other things that could go in there, by the way. So like human rights commission complaint. I used to get a lot of those as a manager. You know, angry relatives screaming at me, circle of concern. Angry patient hit me, circle of concern. I can't really influence it. I can try my best, but really it's outside my circle of influence. So let's talk about your circle of influence. Really, this comes down to what can you influence? And it's usually internally, right? It's you. So it's your thoughts. It's your feelings, it's your reactions, it's your actions that you take, it's the results that you create in your life. They are the only things that are within your circle of influence. 
how you show up, how you deliver, how you deal with the multiple situations of uncertainty. All of that is within your circle of influence. That's it. Okay. So don't spend all your precious cognitive brain time on thinking or worrying or stressing about things that are outside your circle of concern. Now you can replicate this in every aspect of your life. Money, relationships. Siri's going to talk to me again. Money, relationships with your significant other, um, your career, your leadership, your graduate nursing. You know, a lot, I'm working with lots of grads at the moment and they're very worried about not having all the answers. That's not something that you can influence. You have done a three-year degree, right? All you need to worry about now is going and delivering. Don't worry about what you don't know. That's in your circle of concern. That's going to come in time, okay? And really the crux to this, the key to managing and dealing with uncertainty at any stage in your career is recognizing that there are two things that can have happened in your brain, okay? Number one, well, one thing that happens really, (laughs) one thing that happens is that you just run stories. We all run stories based on our lived experience and what we've heard from other people. And I don't know about you, but as I've started unpacking my life and unpacking my thoughts and unpacking my experiences, I made up a hell of a lot of stories. And that is what we do as humans. That's normal. So you've got to kind of ask yourself, does this story that I'm running, does it serve me? And the second, well, the first question is, is it factual? And nine times out of 10, it's not factual. Okay, so we've got to get to the facts. And what I mean by that is, you know, like you might be running a story that, oh, I deliver shit care because we're three staff short. Okay. Like who's saying your care shit? Has somebody come up to you and said, by the way, your care shit? Or are you telling yourself that story because of this circumstance that's happening in your life that's outside of your control, right? So that is not a fact. The fact would be that you had four patients. (laughs) That's the fact right? So then what story do you want to run? What story empowers you? What story is much more tolerable? What story brings you back into your circle of influence and out of your circle of concern? Those stories move you forward. Those stories allow you to grow. Those stories allow you to deal with the uncertainty because you can see it for what it is. You see the facts, not the story. Our brains love it. I am a chief story maker, for sure. <laughs> My brain runs wild. I put something out on social media. It doesn't land. I'm like, oh my God, people don't think, I, maybe I don't have the experience. Maybe people don't like this. My brain runs wild. And then I go, hold on a minute. What are the facts here? I put one post down. 10 people liked it. Amazing. That's great. And then I get to decide what I make that mean in my brain, right? But notice that my primitive brain, you'll hear me talking a lot more about this. Um, I'm learning lots about this in my life coach training. Your primitive brain, which is just a human instinct brain, it's the brain that's evolved over time. Our primitive brain is problematic in that sense that it loves these stories, okay? Because it just wants to keep you safe, wants to keep you comfortable, wants to keep you within the boundaries of what you're doing right now. And it doesn't want you to challenge anything. It wants to operate on least amount of effort required. And when you look at the facts and you're dealing with uncertainty in your career, in your nursing practice, in your life, you have to face the facts and you have to get really clear. And a really great way to think about a fact is would everybody around the world, the 9 billion people on this planet agree that it's true? And if one person would not agree that that's true, it's not a fact. Okay. Think about a court of law. Like it needs to be factual. 
and you'll recognize the stories because they're really emotional, right? Like, oh my God, she said this and then this happened and like, she made me feel X, okay? All of these things are just stories and you get to decide what are the facts? Number one, what are the facts? Number two, how do you want to show up in this moment? Forget everybody else. Forget everything else. Forget the system. Forget all the problems that it has. Forget the pandemic. How do you want to show up in this moment of uncertainty for you? Okay. Another really valuable thing to think about when we're dealing with uncertainty, can't say it today, (laughs) dealing with uncertainty is planning ahead of time. Okay. I don't know how many of you do this or in your clinical practice, I talk about a lot. Time management. Using your shift planner, it's not just for graduates. As a manager, I used to shift like a shift planner, a week planner, a time planner. There is so much research to suggest that planning ahead of time is your key to unlocking everything that you need to happen in your week or your day or your life, okay? The more that you can optimize your time, the more results you will see. We love this story as nurses. Now, this is a story. It's not a fact. I'm busy. I'm too busy. We're too busy. That is a story, okay? It is a story. What are the facts? I have four patients and I've got eight hours to deliver care. Like, that's a fact. We indulge in these stories instead of really tapping into our prefrontal cortex. So we're moving from our primitive brain. So primitive brain is the brain that says, hey, you're too busy, Liam. Like, this is not fair. You know, it has a little tanty. If your brain's anything like mine, this is not fair. Like, we should have more staff. I'm not getting to break. All of this stuff comes up. And hey, I'm not saying that that's not true. However, you get to decide, is that empowering you? Is that allowing you to show up best for your patients? Are you showing up best for yourself? Are you creating a life that you're proud of or that you're happy with? Or are you like sitting in this, everything's happening to me instead of like, how can I see that this is happening for me? Okay, all these challenges I mean, I've done it all. All these challenges helped me grow as a clinician. I mean, when I started in the UK, I had eight patients in a medical assessment and planning unit. I did my grad year in MAPU, a 50-bedded MAPU with a four-bedded HDU. Within six months, I was in the HDU taking DKAs, BiPAP patients as a graduate. Six months in, two patients in the HDU. But when I was out on the floor at a six-bedded bay, of very sick, acutely unwell, medical, surgical, and maternity patients. And we had two side rooms as well. Often palliative, often acutely unwell, sometimes on precautions, mostly on precautions. Eight patients, right? For me, time management was critical. It was so, so essential for me to be able to manage that workload. I had 12 hours, and bear in mind, I was in MAPU. So those eight patients usually turned over like three, four times a day on a 12-hour day. And planning ahead of time and using time management skills to optimize your life and deal with uncertainty is critical, okay? So what we want to do is we want to tap into our prefrontal cortex, and that's the rational part of our brain. That's the planning part of our brain. That's the part of the brain that says, I'm getting married in a year. I need to start saving, right? But we don't tap into it enough because it actually takes cognitive power to do that. We have to train our brain to do it. So planning ahead of time whilst you're on shift or for your career or for your goals or moving into a leadership position or taking on new responsibilities in your busy, busy life will reduce the cognitive load. If you think about it, will reduce the cognitive load and will alleviate a lot of stress and worry and will help you deal with the 50-50 of certainty and uncertainty, okay? 
So planning ahead of time, there's lots of things I'm going to be talking about this in the future, but lots of things you can do here. But ultimately, just getting on your calendar and planning out your week on a Sunday and putting it all in and then holding yourself accountable for when it pops up on your calendar to do even on your days off, even on your days off, schedule your life out. Sounds tedious, but watch the amount of work that you get done just skyrocket. And this only works if you hold yourself accountable but you're building self-trust with yourself. You're building self-discipline. And this is a really interesting point. Every nurse, almost every nurse that comes to me has extremely low self-trust. And it baffles me because as clinicians, we have to trust ourselves to make the decisions that we need to make day to day to save our patients and to escalate and to advocate. But a lot of people, when it comes to themselves, they don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves to sell themselves. They don't trust themselves to give themselves the best opportunity. They don't trust themselves to make the right decision. They don't trust their why. I'm always like, well, why don't you trust yourself? Why would you choose to not trust yourself, right? A lot of the time it's because we're not actually optimizing everything that we need to do. We don't have full insight into our brain and how it works. So we're therefore not optimizing how we can show up as humans day to day. Okay, so we want to plan ahead of time, tap into that prefrontal cortex, put it on our calendar, Put it on your time planner, put it on your nursing planner, whatever you've got. And then from there, hold yourself accountable and you'll be so proud of yourself and you start building up that self-trust and self-discipline. Okay. The final thing I want to share with you, I've given you lots in here in dealing with uncertainty and making decisions. And, you know, we could talk for hours on this, but it really is becoming the watcher. Okay. Becoming the watcher of your thoughts. I just want to plant the seed right now. Things happen in the external world. World, I can't talk today. <laughs> I'm jet lagged. I just got off a plane. Things happen in the external world, and they are circumstances. They are neutral circumstances that just occur, no matter what happens. Whether somebody pulls out in front of you in the car, whether somebody takes the last. Um, I've just been to the supermarket. Somebody takes the last pack of eggs, and you wanted them. Somebody shouts at you at work. A patient hits you at work. And uh, maybe you're three short staff today. That is a neutral thing that's just happened in the world. The next thing that happens in your brain is that you have a thought about that circumstance. Okay. And that thought could be anything. We have 60,000 thoughts a day, but typically our brain is negatively geared. So your brain's going to be like, why are we short staff three today? Or like, we're not going to be able to do this. Or I can't do my job safely with three staff short. Now that might be a rational thought. Okay. But what happens then is your thoughts create your feelings. The thoughts that you choose to think or the thoughts that your brain offer you dictate your feelings. Have you ever noticed that? The thoughts that you have create your feelings. So you might feel pissed. You might feel disempowered. You might feel angry, frustrated. And then those feelings, that feeling that you have creates your actions. And from that place of disempowerment or that place of frustration or anger at the car pulling out in front of you, you do something. What do you do? What actions do you take? What actions don't you take? Right? Get really curious about all of this in all aspects of your life, not just as a nurse. And then from those actions, you create a result for yourself. Okay? Newsflash. <laughs> Things don't just happen. <laughs> they happen because of the thoughts, feelings, and actions that we have or we take. Okay? So, circumstances are neutral. 
When you understand this, this is literally the key to the bloody universe. Seriously, I use this every day. This is the crux of coaching. This is, this allows you to reclaim all your power. This gives you everything that you need to succeed in your life and to create anything that you want. When you understand that you are not your thoughts and that you can deal with all the uncertainty and that you can deal with all of the challenges and that you are strong enough and you are worthy enough and you're capable enough, you unlock all of your power. This is not woo-woo crap. I've used this for over 200 times now with clinicians globally. I've learned this from a mentor who has created a multi-seven-figure business in delivering this to people. I use it personally in my day-to-day life. It is the key. Trust me, this is the key. So what I want you to think about are everything that's happening to you that's in your circle of concern is a neutral circumstance. Until you have a thought about it, your brain will offer up a preconditioned thought from your experiences up until that point in life. So it's taking it from the past, okay? That thought will generate a feeling, whatever that feeling might be, start connecting to whatever the feeling is that you're experiencing in the moment. Start tapping into your body. What am I feeling? And recognize that that feeling is created by the thought that you're having about the circumstance, right? If you're still with me. From that feeling, you take action or you take inaction. And from those actions or inactions, you create a result in your life. So my task for you, homework is to become a watcher. To become the watcher of your thoughts. Your thoughts dictate your results. Okay, ultimately, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. What you think is what you create for yourself. Okay, no one else creates your results but you. Everybody that comes into my coaching program creates their own results. We give you everything you need, but the reason you got that interview is because you did the work. It's not because I got you the interview. (laughs) The reason you land the job, the $20,000 promotion, is not because I gave you the tools to do it. It's because you took them and you put them into action and you created that result for yourself. If you're someone that's sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, the world's uncertain, COVID, burnout, the workforce is diminishing, I don't know what to do, I'm stuck, blah, blah, blah. You are creating that result for yourself. It's a harsh, harsh truth, but it is the truth. What else could be happening? It's no one else's fault. It's no one else's responsibility to come and dig you out, right? Or help you manage this uncertainty and like give you all the answers. You have to create that for yourself. So when I hear people saying they're stuck, That's usually what's happening, right? Is that they're stuck because of the thoughts that they're choosing to think that are creating the feeling of being stuck? And then from feeling stuck, what actions do you take? None. You just complain. I did it for six years. Complain, moan, winch. What results do you create? None. You just stay stuck. The result is that you stay stuck because your thoughts are shitty and you're choosing to stay stuck. So the key to unlocking whatever you want in your life is in the thoughts that you're currently having. And the beautiful thing is, if no one's ever told you this before, whatever thoughts you're having right now are totally optional. Totally 100% optional. You have 60,000 of them a day and you could pick another 60,000, right? It's for you to decide. We need to reclaim our power over our brains and not just keep running this old narrative that's coming from our past experience. So, That is the crux of coaching. I went a little left field with that, but I hope that that's valuable. I know it's valuable. This changes people's lives. It's changed my life. It's changed the way I see the world. If this has 
in any way triggered you to be like, oh my goodness, that's really interesting, or it's given you a little aha moment, please send me a message because I love to know if this lands. I think this is the answer to the nursing industry's dramas. Um, I think if we all knew how to self-coach, that we would have a very different workforce and we would have very different pathways, trajectories, and very different patient outcomes. So that is my goal. That's my future why, to positively influence the industry. But today we talked about dealing with uncertainty. We talked about circle of influence, circle of concern. We talked about your thoughts and managing your mind to identify whether it's a fact or a story. It's usually a story and we turn it into a fact. We talked about the power of planning ahead of time and we talked about becoming the watcher of your thoughts to deal with the uncertainty. It's only uncertain, something's only uncertain because of the thoughts that you're having about it. Isn't that fascinating? I will leave you on that. Have a beautiful week and I'll see you next week in the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, please take a wee minute to leave a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. If you are ready to start taking action in your career and you need some support, why wait? Come and join my private Facebook community. The link is in the show notes below. Within the community, we take what we discuss in this podcast and we put it into action. Currently, I am looking for nurses who are ready to stop playing small and invest in themselves to create the life and the career they want to live. If that sounds like you, then please get in touch. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious, my nursing friends.